you're looking for one of the most beautiful and playable custom acoustics on the planet, look no further than Ed Rice at Toeir Guitars. Ed is a true artist, transforming exotic woods into magnificent, sweet-sounding instruments. Go to toeirguitars.us, that's T-O-I-R-G-U-I-T-A-R-S.us, and contact Ed today. Hey everybody, Brad and I want to say thank you for listening and thank you for the support. Please continue to listen and share this podcast on all platforms that you can. And if you'd like to support us monthly, we're set up now where you can go to anchor.fm slash Recording, hit the support button, 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99 per month. Any amount would be greatly appreciated. Now back to the podcast. Top Hill Recording Podcast, episode 124. What's up, Neil? What's up? Man, you just had an interesting last hour, huh? Yeah, man. You know, I, I'm uh, generally pretty good about being on time. I spent most of my life forced uh, forcibly late. So now I'm always real adequate about timing. And uh, got an emergency phone call. Had to go help. What do, you, to... what do you mean you spent most of your life forced to be late? Well, it's, you know... I love my mother, but she's just, <laughs> there is, there is a, a certain timing with her and it just was bad. So it's I was, late, was huh? always late, late, late. And it really wasn't me being late. You know, if I needed to be somewhere on time, uh, arrangements would be made for the most part. But yeah, just as far as like, all right, I'll be home at four and then, you know, 8.30 rolls around. <laughs> it's like your brother's truck broke down, huh? Yeah. That's yeah. a bummer. Yeah. He's dealing with something right now. So hopefully he gets that figured out because you don't want to buy a new <laughs> truck these days. We got great guests this afternoon. We got Jack Keys. Welcome, Jack. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm so honored to be here. Yeah, man. Yeah. Jack, thanks for coming, Jack. Thanks for uh, the patience, dude. Oh, it's, it was yeah. great to just get settled in and yeah. hang out with Brad. Yeah, we're I running think. about 40 minutes behind the schedule because of me. So I went through a, a phase where I was like playing a lot of video games. I was playing lots of Madden, like a football game. <laughs> how can you and not? Instead, how can you not? Instead of um, listening to the actual soundtrack on the game, I would just listen to y'all's podcast. No, okay. hey, no like, all right, I got to be the only person in the world that's listening to <laughs> Top Hill. Like, you know, I've like so many episodes just as while you, playing video as games. As you create a dynasty. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So then I was saying to, um, I was saying to Brad that I would meet people around town and I would just know all these facts about them. Nice. You know? So like, oh, I, heard, I know you play violin because I heard it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so it really has been helpful to be a listener, and so it's so, such an honor to be here. Oh man! They probably well, went home you. and said, "Hey, I, I think it's got Jacks is creeping on me." Or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's awesome. You probably can probably helps, man. Probably helps break you know yeah. break some ice. Hey, yeah, it's great. While we're waiting on you get here, Neil, we talk about something. I tell him you probably gonna have to say this again on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way it works, dude. That's the way it always. So, works. what'd you bring us, Jack? This is courtesy of my dad, who's more of a bourbon aficionado than I am, but it's um old Forester single barrel. So super yeah. nice stuff. He's definitely a fan of the podcast and wanted to bring something uh, good. For he you knows guys. we like awesome. old Forester then. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Yeah. Well, thank you, old man Keys. Mr. Keys. <laughs> <laughs> cheers, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Cheers, cheers. Cheers, cheers. Yeah, so old Forester is uh, actually my what I would consider my house bourbon. That's the oh, one I always keep around just to drink myself around the house. But not this, and this is smooth, yeah, dude. Single barrel. Yep. This is smooth. Mm. Yep. There's something special about having to drink at two in the afternoon, you know what? On a Tuesday, especially. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's just a kind of middle finger to the rest of the world. <laughs> it's like, there's, there's just, you know, I understand what's supposed to be happening, but... I don't subscribe. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, most days I do. Most days I'll subscribe to the five o'clock or, you know, later or maybe even another day, but not today. Jack, start us off. Why don't you, uh, why don't you take us back to your childhood and share with us your early memories of music and then, you know, where, at what point did music become something that was a big part of your life? Yeah, for sure. I feel like um, growing up, I went to Catholic school and I was always trying to find an outlet for creativity throughout that whole time because it was a little bit more by the book sort of school. And I was the kid that was always trying to do his own thing. And so 
I would um, write comic books and pass them out to the class. I made my own newspaper that I made my mom print out every night. Like in Every Elgin. night? Every, maybe every week. <laughs> no, it was like the all-weekly newspaper for my school. It's called Jack's Paper. And I would, literally, I would have sections really? called like the mystery kid where everyone would have to guess what kid I'm talking about. What? I'd post the sports scores. I'd have, so I was just always doing different activities. I even made a, I made a blog about Club Penguin, which is like this online. I know what Club Penguin is, okay, man. Perfect. Come on, dude. I don't have to, I don't have to explain it, but <laughs> I made a blog about that website where I would just post like the cheat codes and stuff. <laughs> and it got like a lot of readership actually. Oh, my kids were probably was, on it. Yeah, I was, for a long time, I was like really worried that that would be what I'd be most known for. I think I have more <laughs> listeners on your now club, than I have your, club, uh, Penguin club followers. Penguin clout. Yes, but I, I was just always a kid who wanted to have his project and do his own thing. And so eventually that thing just gravitated to be music. I was a big music fan growing up. My dad would play Bob Dylan and that was kind of one of the first big artists that I really loved and so um, I think when I was in seventh grade I asked for my birthday my 13th birthday or 12th birthday to do guitar lessons and then after that I just pretty immediately started writing songs I always find that wild the 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 I'm still stuck on a school you know (laughs) what kind of little kid wants to make a school newspaper it was like the Leo Weekly of, of Holy Trinity Catholic <laughs> School. My, my uh, teachers tried to shut it down too. They didn't like it because kids would be reading it in class. So I think they had like a talk with my parents about shutting it down. So it felt really like I was sticking it to the man. Sounds but, like a yeah. journalistic version of Footloose, man. <laughs> yeah. He will not be writing that type of stuff in our, our school. Yeah. That's Mom was saying, they're not going to tell Jack he can't have his paper. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's wild. <laughs> so how many, uh, how many copies would she print? I would do it on PowerPoint the night before. I would look up all the sports scores. I would look, you know, U of L scores, whatever. I would look up different sections that I wanted to do. The mystery kid, I would think of a kid in my class that I would say like, the mystery kid has brown hair. The mystery kid is <laughs> play soccer. And uh, I'd make it all on PowerPoint and then I'd, I'd go to sleep, you know, tired from the day's work after school. And then I'd wake up and there'd be 50 copies or 100 copies that my mom That's cool. printed out. Yeah. <laughs> I'd just take them to school and hand them out in the morning. And Mom, mom uh, got told, you know, he needs to cut this paper. He's like, I'm not, you're not firing me. I got a job here. I got a print paper. I'm a printer. Yeah. Well, it's so not nice of her to me. do it. I didn't realize how sweet it was of her to even do that. Until yeah, that's killer. Yeah. 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 Probably expensive in color too. It was in color, part of it. Yeah. Oh, I'll say, wow. dude, that's not cheap. Number one, it's not Did cheap. Did you sell them, or was it a free publication? It was a free press all the way. <laughs> Didn't yeah. even sell ads, man. Mom no hooked ads. it up. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's that's a super kind, and it's kind of gives you a little bit of. It lets you know that they're behind you. Yeah, they, for sure. Because yeah. they could have been. Uh, we got a call from the school. They need you to shut this thing down, so yeah. we're not going to do it anymore. Yeah. So that's 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 pretty awesome. Yeah. That they're the type of people to go. Hey, we support you and here's some good bourbon to take this podcast. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> In seventh grade, you uh, started guitar lessons? Yes, yeah. I, I was always, for some reason, nervous to start playing guitar just because people in my family didn't play a lot of, of musical instruments. It wasn't, most of the time when I've listened to this podcast, a lot of people have a musical background in their family, but I didn't, I didn't really have a lot of that. And for some reason, I was just really nervous to get started and to even ask that I wanted to do it. I think I was afraid that my classmates would pigeonhole me as like the the guitar dude or something. I don't know. I have no idea what I was worried about, but I finally got the nerve to ask for for lessons because I'd always really wanted to do it. And I remember it was at Mom's Music and um, he just taught me a few chords. And really after I learned a few chords, I would just go home and try to write my own songs and do my own, you know, my own, my own stuff. Um, and yeah, and then I, my, my godfather is a musician. His name's Joe Henry. Um, he's produced some people and um, has had a successful career. And he actually, I'm a lefty guitarist and he uh, sent me a guitar in the mail, the left-handed guitar. And so I knew after that, I really had to stick with it. And I just fell in love with it. Yeah, if you get a specially left-handed guitar, you better not quit, man. That yeah, exactly. You got to search for that. <laughs> right? Unless you turn it around and come on, man. I, I remember when I, another, I'm just, this is just an ode to my parents really, but another nice thing my mom did was uh, when when we went to the guitar shop, I remember the people working were like, oh, you should just learn how to do right-handed because there's not a lot of left-handed guitars. If you do lefty, you can't just grab a guitar when you go out and stuff. 
Um, and, but my mom was like, no, he's definitely left-handed. Like we need to get a lefty guitar. And I'm so glad that I have one. Cause I actually like that. No one else can just pick up and borrow my guitar. It's just kind of my, Ooh, my thing. You know what? I I just sit here that. It's a defense. How to hard say, would that oh, be to play opposite hand, to learn to play opposite handed though? That'd be well, for you. For, I mean, <laughs> they said they wanted him to play right handed, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I kind of have to learn it now. Cause I, I, well, the question is starting yeah. from scratch. Would it be harder? Yeah. But the other, the real question is, would your ability be the same if you didn't yeah. do your dominant hand? Yeah. Or would it make you better in a different way? I think it would have been a different way because my style of playing now is really, um, for me, it's my left hand. For most people, it'd be right hand. Really left hand dominant. I do mm-hmm. lots of finger picking, but kind of simple chords. And I wonder if I learned righty, if I would just be shredding, but like really I not, mean, it's not a, a good finger thought. picker. So it, I think it totally changed everything. But it was a, it was a valid point that the guitar shop person had of like, I think you should just learn writing because it would make your life easier, but... I got um, no... I could live a very uh, successful life without my whole left arm. (laughs) 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 It's almost worthless. (laughs) (laughs) So, so trying to learn how to play opposite handed, it might be just because, you know, you're used to thinking, you know, this is my chord hand, this is my strumming hand or whatever, but golly, I can't imagine. Yeah, just not, holding it up and doing this feels weird. Yeah, right. I just, teach. Um, <laughs> I teach. Uh, I, I'm a seventh grade teacher, and I do as a club. We do rock band clubs, so it's, um, you know, seventh graders learning Nirvana and Aretha Franklin songs. Uh, and all yeah. that. But I do the guitar teaching in that. And um, since they're all righty, I have to pick up their guitars and play it right hand. And they're, oh. they're always really shocked. I'm teaching them super simple chords like a C chord or a G chord. And they're like, "How do you do that?" All right. So hand? here's the question. Here's the question. <laughs> yes. Can't you just sit across of them and say, literally mirror what I'm doing? Oh, for sure. That there you the, go. I think that'd be easier. I probably hey, see this. Do exactly what you, right there. Because you're, you're looking like play yours. Yeah. For our listeners, we've been playing air guitar for the last five minutes. <laughs> oh, wait. I'm doing this. Yeah. Like yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. I think, yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I could just teach a lefty. Tell your students, look, you're in seventh grade now. This is real world <laughs> stuff. Get it together. Suck it up. Just suck it up. That's my first message to them when we get back in August. They're going to say new Mr. Keys for sure. Mr. Keys, don't play games. (laughs) I pity the fool. I'm Mr. Keys. It's close enough, right? Mr. T. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. So, I guess my my biggest question would be, how, how could you not start with the piano if your last name is Keys? That's true. Someone yesterday was like, you know, I go by Jack Keys and that's just my artist name. Like, isn't that kind of too close to the Black Keys already? I'm like, well, I didn't oh. get to choose my name. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'll roll with it. But you're right. I should have learned piano. No, nah, I like it, dude. I like yeah. it. It's a cool Rolls name. Off Rolls off. Jack Rolls Keys. off. One name. Jack Keys. <laughs> my, uh, my friend uh, was trying to invite people to come to one of my shows. And he's like, yeah, we're seeing Jack Keys. And they all thought I was, they were saying Jack Keys. Like I was a friend. Jack Keys. <laughs> And so now whenever I see his his friends, they're like, is this Jack Keys? Yeah, Jack oui, oui. You're very good. We love yeah. the, the way you sing. Is it French? It's Italian. close. French-Italian? I don't know. It sounded something. Sounded like Jack Keys to me. Jack Keys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you teach seventh grade? I do. I teach English to seventh graders. Okay. So, oh, that goes all the way back to your early journalism. Yeah, exactly. I, Dude, yeah. Full circle. I, I don't <laughs> shut... If they have, you know... One of my kids actually started a, a podcast. Nice. And it was called like... Well, it's it's like not... It was, it was bad. It was like the Collegiate Drama Podcast. <laughs> and so he was like talking about... Uh, shout out to Lee, by the way. I don't think he's listening. Shout out to Lee. Shout out to Lee. But he... Uh, you should be. A, you should support other podcasts, right, man. Yeah, That's the number one rule of being a podcaster. Yeah, but he, uh, he started a podcast <laughs> where he was interviewing his kindergarten sister. He was in seventh grade. Oh. And he, uh, he was... It's called like... The collegiate drama podcast and they're talking about their favorite teachers and all this stuff or their least favorite teachers even which oh, is really wow. bad and he <laughs> accidentally sent it to the whole school including like the headmaster like all his teachers and um, I just saw the email and then immediately a reply from the like principal saying Lee like you need to immediately shut this down this is not okay to have this kind of podcast in school what about and- free speech what kind I, of yeah, place I think is it this? Was, I think it was just because he was mentioning specific hey man, things by name. You don't have free but, speech if you have a headmaster. Let's yeah, be honest. True. But I uh, kids at collegiate have no rights. Oh, that's, <laughs> that shouldn't be the takeaway. I love my job. <laughs> no, but I, I was really happy that there's kids doing creative stuff, and I was like, you got to keep keep going with that. But maybe just not not collegiate drama. Maybe just 
Yeah, no, no, but how about like? Don't say mean things. Yeah, watch Lee. No, just watch He's, Jersey Shore and yeah, report on that. He said uh, <laughs> he said I was his favorite teacher, but that the book we're reading was very boring. So it was like kind of a hit and miss with me. I think hey, he's like I haven't read a single word. Of There's Mr. no Keys miss book. there. You did not write the book. All I heard was That's Mr. True. Keys is his favorite teacher, and I would uh, definitely fight harder for that kid. Considering you're his favorite teacher, I'd go to yeah. bed. Say, listen. I think he's what are got, we shutting down here? I think he's still allowed to do it. He just, yeah, I think he's still allowed to do it. <laughs> yeah, That's but. the old school rule. That's like when we were in school, Neil. I don't think we were supposed to like the books. No. Yeah. That's no. true. <laughs> Let's be honest. Some of those books are terrible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we had some new era. We got, I got them reading graphic novels. All and, right. Yeah. But we do read like some old stuff. I think some George, some George Orwell and Ender's Game or, you know, the older stuff's in the curriculum too, but there's good stuff. Yeah. What was that? That was mine. Oh, dude, that's oh, how bad I am today. <laughs> Shame on me. That's all right. You can put it on airplane mode. No, I don't do that. <laughs> how long have you been teaching school, Jack? Um, I just finished my third year. So I did uh, two years in Nashville doing Teach for America where I got, um, I was in, high, I taught a high school writing class, um, 10th grade. And then in the evenings, I would have to do uh, grad school of some sort. And so that was really strenuous. Um, but then when the pandemic hit, I was hanging out a lot more back home in Louisville. And then um, I saw there was a job opening at Collegiate. So once my two years were done with um, Teach for America, I applied to the Collegiate job. And I've been back here since um, August now. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So when you were down there, did you, uh, I imagine, as much as you might have wanted to do some playing and stuff, it was pretty tough to fit that into the schedule you were running. Yeah, I, I had like an open mic that I was going to, but um, also just the pandemic hit pretty, you know, just a few <laughs> months after I went there, unfortunately. So, you know, I moved to um, Nashville around August uh, 2019, and then the pandemic started rearing its ugly head, you know, March 2020. So there was really just a few months. I didn't really get a great feel for the music scene and, th and stuff there. I recorded a little. I did some open mics, but um, it really hasn't been until, um, you know, since the Omicron variant kind of died out here that I've been able to really start consistently doing shows again, you know, okay. back here in town in Louisville. Okay. When you were doing that two-year commitment, what did the second year look like for you? Were, um, you? were you here most of that second most year? Most of the time, yeah. I was switching between Nashville and Louisville doing uh, Zoom teaching for doing, sure. Yeah. yeah. And then the... Um, we came back in March 2021, so about a year after shutting down. Uh, I did my last quarter of the year in Nashville, which was kind of a good way to, you know, say goodbye. But Actually then, be in contact with yeah, the students and all that. Yeah, being back with the students. So it was, it was hybrid, so some kids were online. It, it was a mess for sure, but um, yeah, it was, it was a good time too. It was fun. I feel like being a teacher has helped me a lot with my music too because it's helped me be a more assertive person. Yeah. And uh, teaching is is kind of about... Uh, is a performance in itself. And um, I feel like I just found my voice a lot more, found more confidence so that it translates when I perform. So I love teaching and music now. So Nice. Yeah. yeah. So you started taking lessons at mom's in seventh grade. Yeah. How did you kind of progress from there to where you are now? I think what helped me the most was um, I, I discovered Nick Drake and I really loved his music. And he played in alternate tunings and I, that really opened a whole world for me with just, literally like just twisting the knobs on my guitar and being like, there's no rules. Like there's no chord shapes that I know. And just by not knowing anything and finding my own shapes on the guitar that I really liked and my own picking styles, I think I didn't realize I was getting better because to me, it hasn't been a linear progression at getting better guitar. And I don't even think of myself as being a great guitarist by any means, but it just taught me um, a lot of new chord shapes, a lot of new picking patterns. And now I, I pretty exclusively play um, finger picking kind of like classically or folk-inspired guitar. Is it open tuning mostly? Um, a lot of my songs are, but when I play live, I, I keep it pretty standard because I'm I'm like weirdly bad at tuning my guitar. And when I, I play a classical guitar, which can be harder to keep in tune. Um, and so when I play live, I usually pick eight songs that are standard tuning or maybe one or two that are not standard. But um, as far as like on records, it's like half and half, I'd say. Like the material you have, how much of it is in non-standard tuning, like open tuning? Um, I would say I'm, I'm about to put out my second album and they both had 10 songs. So I have about 20 songs total. I would say probably 10 are in, um, different weird random tunings and then 10 are in standard. Um, I really wanted to, I, I used to write pretty exclusively in other tunings and I, I played in a band and stuff and it was really hard to keep track of with uh, my yeah. bandmates. And I really, um, when the pandemic hit and I was back home, I really wanted to challenge myself to write more in uh, standard tuning. 
And so I started writing a lot more simple stuff. Um, and I've, I've stuck to that a little bit. But when I need some inspiration, I break the rule and, and change to like FAC, GCE or something random, yeah. you know. So can you, uh, can you translate some of the open tuning stuff when you play live into yeah. the standard tuning? Do you do that? Yeah. Or, or I'll just try, if I write something in a weird tuning, I'll try to go back to standard and be like, what chord was that really? Or how can yeah. I write that in a way that's a little simpler? Um, but for me, it's really just for the creative spark of being in a different tuning. Um, yeah. Because I think I just, I, I, if I'm in standard tuning, I'll play like a C chord or a G chord and be like, that's boring. But if uh-huh. I hit the same exact chord in a different tuning, I, I think it's original. And I think it's just to trick my brain into thinking I'm coming up with something new. Do you, uh, do you work on different positions in open or in like standard tuning, like up and down the neck just for the same bit. chords? I'm not, I'm just not very good at it. I didn't get that far in my guitar lessons. You know, I learned the chords and I was just like, I'm going to roll with it. So. Well, man, I tell you what, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's not something that, that wouldn't be tough to learn, especially as a teacher. You you're, you have the ability to take in knowledge and, and yeah. distribute it as well. And if, you know, just like anything else, if you focus on on finding that, like, you know, okay, where are the G yeah. chords up and down this neck that I can play in different different areas to, to get, you know, because in a lot of ways it will do, it'll, it'll replicate open tuning, mm-hmm. uh, in a different way or allow you to do different things that aren't just standard open G sure. boring stuff. Yeah, for sure. And and you'll probably, most of the time what you find out is you already knew it, just you didn't know you knew it. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, like, exactly. oh, moving, moving and it's like barcodes or barcodes, barcodes, you know, yeah. just it's just moving stuff up and down. Well, okay, if you take the bar chord off the E and just play the E up, you're still playing an open something, right? Yeah. So it gives you a lot of variation just to learn how to learn how to play those different things up in the neck uh, example just about uh learning right now i know brad is is working on you know chicken picking and, and you know just bluegrass uh runs and and like black mountain rag and those type of things and every time i come in it's a little better a little cleaner a little faster and yeah. it takes time it, it, you might i needed it, to hear that neil well, I'm serious. It, it might take you a year. It might, because I know to get to the point where I'm at now with what I'm doing, it was a broken leg uh, or a broken foot that gave me the time to actually dedicate to go, okay, I'm going to learn yeah. something new for the first, because I'm stuck. I'm plateaued. Yeah. You know, like you said, it's not, there's nothing linear. There is no just constant growth because yeah. you hit this point where you just, you don't have time. You don't have the energy after work and school to yeah. put into learning something else. You, you know, you just hit those points. So, but you can figure that out real quick. Oh yeah. You could figure it out real quick because it's uh, easy. For me, usually when I'm learning, it's because I want to write something that's like more difficult than, than usual. And so I, I implement it from trying to write my own songs, but I think it's also good to just consciously uh, try to try to learn something and just be like, I'm going to sit down and actually study. Oh yeah, how to how to be better rather than just kind of intrinsic growing. Yeah, to actually be like I'm focused on getting better at this, this, and this. Yeah, yeah. Focus growth is huge. Yeah, and I don't think I I don't know if when you're you know you're still young, so if you know that at a younger age, you, you, the exponential growth you can have as a musician and a guitar player could be huge, especially when you have the control you have over. Your, your left hand, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to really finger pick and do finger style stuff. Because what you what you do find out is simplicity on one side is okay as long as what's your, the intricacy on the other side is good. So if you could mm-hmm. add both of those together, just, it's baby steps, man, you know? Like what I was talking about with you, it's baby steps until when I broke my foot, it was, it was one time where I was like, I just, I got a lot better. Yeah. And then there's days where you can go, I don't know, I got better today. I really know that I got better today. I can play this. I couldn't play that four weeks ago. Yeah. And a lot of times that's what it takes. It takes you stepping away. You get frustrated and you're trying to do all this stuff and you're trying to get faster and you're trying to get it clean. And then you get frustrated and you put it down. But if you really just stop and step back and look, okay, I couldn't think about doing that a year ago. I couldn't even consider learning that stuff six months ago and then go, okay, I'm getting better. Relax. It just takes time. It's <laughs> yeah. not. It's not one of the, everybody would do it if it was that quick. And practice, practice. Talk about practice. Talk about practice. <laughs> <laughs> little AI quote. <laughs> this is the. Do you know the story behind the AI quote? Um, my dad's told me it before. I've just seen the clip, but I know it. 
I feel like it's grounded in something that was legitimate. I don't know. Like he he never missed practice. He never yeah. missed games. He never missed anything. He was known. He he uh, either had a bad practice or missed practice because the day before his best friend got murdered That's it. Okay, in a yeah. drive by, yeah. and they were asking him why he wasn't. You know, is he is he a team player? He wasn't at practice, and he's like, you know, I'm out here burying a friend. Y'all talking about practice? So the quote was always, "You are talking about practice." I knew there I knew there was something out of context where we like listen to that and it's kind of funny, but there's actually yeah. like he has a like Alan Iverson had a point. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's so. like playoffs. That's funny. All right, sorry, dude. I have been talking the last 10 minutes. Look at no, my mind. Right. It's nothing but to me. <laughs> no, hey, mute my mic. <laughs> so uh the moon is too high. Was that your first recording? It, it was my first solo album. Um, and I kind of messed up because now I, on the new album, I have a song that's called The Moon Is Too High. And I should have put it on the last one. But it was an image that came from um, one of my students who didn't speak English very well. Um, he wrote a poem where one of the lines in the poem was something like, um, I wish I could reach to the stars and, and grab one to light my grandma's room or something really beautiful like that. And it just made me think of things that are just out of reach, like the moon or the stars. And, I don't yeah. know. So I just had, I just got that image from that. But um, it was my first my first album, first full length um, as a solo artist. And that's, I mean, relatively recently, right? Um, yeah, I put that out uh, March 2021. And then I have another one coming out July 15th um, in about a little less than a month now this year. Oh, is that going to build? Is that going to build on the EP I saw on Spotify? Uh, I am the ground. Is that a oh yeah? That's that's those are just four singles. I think Spotify just categorized it as an EP, but okay. Um, I I kind of played the game with Spotify this time of putting out a lot of individual singles, even though there's only ten songs on the album. But forty percent of the album is out now because it's all on Spotify. Um, but there's six new songs that will be part of that. Um, in July, let's go ahead and listen awesome. to uh, one off of uh, the moon is too high. Tell us about to the moon. Uh, I wrote To the Moon during the the pandemic uh, in March or April of uh, 2020. And I was really just back home, um, just really decided to be super committed to music for the first time of like, this is what I really, really want to do. And um, I came up with that melody. It kind of sounds like The Legend of Zelda, I've already, I've always said, um, but it has like a sort of rhythmic melody to it. Um, and then I recorded it with uh, a friend in, in Nashville named Paul who, who really helped see it through. So it was my first ever single as a, Solo artist. All right. Is this standard tuning? It is. Yeah, it's standard tuning. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here we go. To the moon. You told me to pick a head. I chose the left. You showed. so self-conscious with my music. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> no. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah we've hear, <sighs> we hear that a lot in here. I didn't know I was going to have to listen to my oh, own. Yeah, you listen to my stuff. This is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you just said I, that today. I feel, yeah, dude, I feel for you. I was going to say, I feel <laughs> for you. If you, don't, if you don't play music, the feeling is kind of like if you want to show someone a song that you like in the car or something, you play it out loud and you're immediately like, oh, wait, what if this isn't a good song? Like, I feel like I have that even about other people's songs. But if I really like them and I'm playing them, 
at a party or at, in the car or something, I'm like immediately self-conscious that it's uh, not the right vibe or something. <laughs> I tell you what, man, it ain't much worse than being trapped in somebody's vehicle when they're playing their music to you. Oh, I've Especially never done that. if it's bad. Do hey, no, get no. in. <laughs> Door locks. <laughs> no, I'm just Check kidding. It's, it's not no, bad. It's... I, I love all music, so I'll, I'll be locked in a car listening to somebody's music, no problem. <laughs> Where did you record that? Um, I recorded that with my my friend Paul in um, Nashville at his is his home um, in the summer of 2021, and he he releases music too, and he was a big help with just making that uh, making it happen. Yeah, so you did the whole album there. I did, yeah. But uh, in the most recent album, I, I record at home mostly and send them to him, and he can kind of clean them up. So I'm starting to kind of like try to you know he's been encouraging me to to figure out how to do logic myself or, mm-hmm. you know, make, make my own music without um, as much assistance. So I'm trying to, to like slowly gravitate that way, but it's, it's kind of scary. But trying. <laughs> do you feel like that process helps you in recording or, or, um, you know, being doing it yourself in your own space? Yeah. I think it helps me try different things that maybe I would be self-conscious to try. Otherwise I have like, um, we were talking about buying stuff on shopgoodwill.com or whatever. Oh, yeah. baby. Yeah, I can get, yeah, I'm sure that could be a oh, whole Let's go. But I, uh, <laughs> you know, I bought random synths and I, I literally, I bought like vocal samplers, like most random stuff. And I just try it out on my songs and see what's working. And I think like, because I have the time to do that at home and no one's like, all right, man, we gotta, we gotta keep yeah. going. Hey, uh, Not that he ever pushed $50 me. $50 an hour, homie, let's no, go. I, yeah, he never pushed <laughs> me and, and he was always super, um, you know, consider it but just you have your own internal like oh, i need to get going and if you're at home you can try different things sometimes it doesn't work sometimes i do really weird vocal stuff or instrumental stuff and i'll send it to someone and they're like oh, it's not really working but at least i i feel comfortable to try it so yeah dude yeah. i can imagine being in the situation like you said even if you're not paying you're 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 understanding of other people's time exactly. like, look i don't yeah. want to they're there when you go I guess in like this situation for me or you, if we're in this studio to record and like figure stuff out, it's one thing because we, you know, it's our secondary place of work, really. We come in, we're here enough. We, it's, it's free, basically. But if, you know, if a band comes in and they're not worked out and trying to figure stuff out in the studio, it's not good. If a musician yeah. comes in and tries to figure stuff out in the studio setting, number one, I think what the first thing that's happening is exactly what you're talking about. You got that thing going on in your head where yeah. you can't, clock. yeah, you can't focus on what do I really want to do here. What you can't, it's a terrible place to explore a song. Yeah, or even yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sure I can already tell in just meeting you, Jack, that that wouldn't be your case. No, but you'd show up and it would be. It oh, is it you. is surprising uh, when someone comes in to record a song. And the song is not even rehearsed. Yeah. You know. Hey man. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were supposed to make it sound good. <laughs> we do the best we can with what we're we're, yeah. we're fortunate that we're, that doesn't happen to us. Yeah. Uh, very, yeah. very, very, very no. few times. No. Um, it's come in and, and, you know, one shot is one shot. They generally, yeah, people nail it and get it down. But yeah. in, in the case like you have now, in the case like I have at the house or the here, you can work. That's where you just explore. You, where you go, all right, I'm going to try this vocal. I don't know if I can hit this note. I don't know yeah. if I can do this thing or I don't know. Yeah. And look around over your shoulder real quick. Make sure you know nobody's in the house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think like for me, that's what music's all about is finding um, that almost like childlike feeling of just joy of discovering different things and trying yeah. out different things and, and things click with you. And it, it feels like playing like when you're a kid yeah just discovering things and, and learning so it's a great feeling we've been doing that a lot with like playing music with other people lately brad's been a part of a i think just one so far jam session but just going back to ease and and, and the joy of it to yeah. have fun and, and not think about the i'm worried about the technical what do i sound is is the mix good is this just going and having a nice what does this feel like yeah. And those are the best. Yep. Those are the best moments like that when you just feel good. Rotating instruments. Yeah. And and just have the joy of music. I mean, the yeah. joy of the process of making music and creating and, and feeling like a kid again, you know, yeah. uh, in a super musical sense, I guess, for in, in my case. Yeah. Um, that song, I, can I share random tidbits about that song now that it's played? 
Yeah, yeah absolutely. Please. So that song, I, I wrote it about, um, I kind of am remembering more now that I heard it because I actually don't listen to my own music very much, but <laughs> I wrote it about uh, try, kind of loving someone even if they're going through addiction or going through some sort of um, issues. And I was thinking of, you know, some of my like family members that struggle with that, like my my grandma, my my dad's side and, and how you trying to, you know, still love and support someone anyways because I remembered in the car, like, if my dad and my grandma had an argument, um, I would always just be like, oh, you got to tell each other you love each other. And so that was kind of what that one is about. But it's funny because it took on a different life where someone uh, made a edit of it on YouTube and added like, it made it really fast and put an anime background on it. And I think people thought it was about relationships because all these people commented on it, like, you know, relating it to their romance life and stuff. But it's funny because that, <laughs> that was like my first the first time people actually listened to my music was because that video got a lot of plays. It was some YouTuber. Um, and then people randomly discovered my song through that. And I, I just was awesome. like thinking of that, hearing it. Was that a how, random use of your song or did, did you, is it someone you knew or? No, it was not someone. It was someone in a different country entirely. And so I get weird. I get random messages from yeah. different places. Uber Steven. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I like your song. I mean, thinking about that, so um, the moon is too high. That's yeah. a that's a what twenty twenty one release, right? Yeah. On, on Spotify, and uh, I mean, you you've built up quite a Spotify following yeah. uh, pretty quickly. Yeah, I'm trying. It's in a way, it's artificial because even if people are listening, a lot of it's from um, Discover Weekly or like random playlists on Spotify. And so sometimes the number can be deceiving because I know lots of people in Louisville that have 70 monthly listeners or something that have a really good local following. And that in a way I think is, is just as valuable, if not more valuable. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's hard because when I, I, I check my Spotify every day because that's where most people are listening to my music. But um, in a way, it's, it's just a number because there's people with a lot more listeners, a lot less listeners, and it really doesn't really give the full picture of where you're at in your music journey. But I'm I'm super privileged and happy to have the people that are paying attention on Spotify and stuff. So however it happens though, it's that's still pretty impressive when yeah. you get up, you know, around that twenty thousand oh, yeah. monthly listener I'm, I'm number. Like I'm super honored. I'm super honored by it. Yeah. And it's all like I said, it's all from all over. Like Louisville's not even one of my biggest cities. It's Someone messaged me that people, you know, everyone in the Netherlands is listening to you. And I don't know if that's true, but I'm like, oh, cool. Netherlands, <laughs> like Spain and Brazil. It's just random, random places because it's just all algorithmic, random stuff. But what kind of analytics do you get back as a, as a Spotify artist? Like, what do you see? I'm kind of, I'm super analytical as a person. So sometimes I get too deep into it and I have to tell myself, I'm not going to look at it for a month or whatever, but I, uh, you can look at playlists that people put your music on. You can look at the source of like, where are they listening from your profile or on playlists or on um, Spotify playlists. Um, you can look at what countries, what cities. There's a, there's a lot of data to delve into um, on that. And it just kind of, I have to be careful with it because you're just kind of feeding the machine. If you like, if you get too deep into the numbers and trying to grow the numbers, you kind of lose some of the, not to be too hippie, but you lose some of the artistic part if you just get too into appeasing the numbers. So we've had a few conversations about that, but that's why we keep ours low. We're artists. <laughs> yeah. So, so you're a, you're a analytic English teacher. That's yes. a, that seems like a weird combo. Well, I mean, I always like grammar. All he does is count syllables. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I can diagram a sentence, you know, I can do all that stuff. I think, I think, you know, English can be analytical. I feel like I'm like, really hard on both sides of my brain, like super analytical, but then also very spacey and yeah. creative, whatever that, you know, whatever you want to call it, which is not a, not necessarily a good thing, but I like am really hard panned right on my left and right brain. But if I ever send you a Instagram message, I'm going to read it four times before I hit that send button, dude. No, no, no. What no. is, they are there, there, there. <laughs> No. <laughs> there, 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 there. Yeah. Ah, shit. No, I'm, I'm, you know, all good on that. Uh, don't send me something with stupid writing on I, it. I will. I guarantee I will. I'm, that's, <laughs> why, that's me when I'm sending emails to parents is because I know I don't have perfect grammar so, <laughs> all the time. Let's listen to another Jack Key song. Tell us about uh, Feather in the Wind. Uh, this one I wasn't expecting to be a single, but I kept sending it to my friends and they they liked it. And all my songs kind of build at the end. I know we're just listening to probably the first verse, but... Um, you know, I always, it's pretty subtle, but I add in 
electric guitars and drums and stuff like that. But this song I, I wrote about kind of feeling like I, I was a psychology major. So sometimes I feel like a feather in the wind where I'm swayed by other people's opinions or I'll, I'll just do whatever, you know, other people want me to do. And so it was kind of trying to, to find your sense of self or your, your center where you know what, what you want out of things. So He was, was going to be a psychologist and then somebody said, you should be an English analytic English teacher. He's like, all right, like a feather in the wind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're going to listen to this one all the way through. Oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's just like a couple minutes, right? Yeah, it's Two, three minutes. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate it. All right, feather in the wind. Is, is this... Uh, this is one of the singles that will be on the new album, right? Yes. Yeah. All right. Ooh, all right. <laughs> it's on Spotify now, though. Correct? Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. All right. Feather in the Wind. What's your recording setup look like at home? That's because it's one of them that you recorded yourself, right? I actually recorded this one in Nashville, but oh, yeah, okay. um, yeah, I think. Well, should I still answer for at home or what we do in yeah. Nashville? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At home, it's it's super basic. I just have um Sure M fifty seven. Is that what it's called? Yeah, M fifty seven. Yeah, yeah. I have one of those, and then I I just buy a random Goodwill instruments that I add on little you know little touches of. I have like an Omnicord sampler, whatever, keyboard. Um, and then just, you know, I usually just do a, a layer of classical guitar, a layer of my voice, and then whatever it needs. If I need drums, I usually, um, I've tried programming. I'm probably not good at it, but I can, I'll go to someone else's house to do that. But yeah. And then you send it off to your yeah. guy that mixes it and does, and does he master it also? Yes, he does. I um, The last one I, I mastered with someone named Carl Saff, um, but... Yeah, he he mastered this album himself along with mixing. Nice. And when did you say what's what's your target date for release on that? Soon, July fifteenth. Oh, right on the corner. Yeah, so, <laughs> it's yeah. kind of scary. Like I, now that I got it uploaded, I'm more critical or like I need to just let go. But yeah, I'm excited for it. So I yeah. think it'll so it will be out when this podcast comes oh, out. Oh, okay. Go yeah. listen to my album that's yeah. now on Spotify. <laughs> it just come out, won't it? So now you. Oh, that's perfect. Now you've got to get it out. Yeah. So, uh, like the 18th? 
twenty second. Twenty second. Twenty second is when this will be. That's All right, great. there you go. So uh, speaking of recording, we we've got a little. I mean, we can probably talk about it at this point. We we got a little setup going that we're trying to get running out at the of old Top Hill Recording Studios with the one shots, with the one shots, with yeah. the whole recording, everything, man. So we're we're going mobile. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought you were talking about the EPs that we no, we started we're just messing talking with. About yeah. us uh, making moves, man. Yeah, doing yeah, a little mobile selling. mobile recording. Yeah, we set us up a a little uh, mobile setup. Mm, yeah, we're gonna start start this Sunday at at the Monarch. Have you heard of the Monarch yet, Jack? The uh, is it a brewery? It no, it's not. a it's a brand new place. It's kind of like a what would you call it? A private music club? I call it a private music. That yeah. sounds awesome. Yeah, private it's like music a music. I, I guess a music maker space. It is, is the, what uh, it is. It is the old Bernos in the Highlands, right next to the Eagle. Okay, uh, I know. It, yeah, yeah. It's and it's been uh, inside. It's got a vibe to it already, man. Mark has been killing it over there, mm-hmm. uh, getting it all set up, taking care of business, and and really just trying to find a make a space that caters to musicians and artists uh, alike. So, you know, I, th- I think that the plan is to have a podcast about it with him at some point, right? Yeah. 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 So we're going to talk about that place. And, and uh, I, I imagine he'll give the, he's got a good, amen. He's yeah. he, he'll, he'll give you the spiel, won't he? Yeah. He'll give you the, yeah. And it's going to be a, it's going to be a cool space. He'll tell you the whole thing about it. And it's going to be, you know, I would kind of call it, you know, if you're familiar with like the maker space, idea mm-hmm. yeah. just a place to create it's going to be like that for musicians and he's going to have a uh, a monthly membership that's going to be very reasonable for active artists you know i think he's yeah. just I think co- he told us 25 a month yeah. i don't know if that's set on him and yeah. all that but <laughs> a complete collab space yeah. a great place for musicians and artists and we're gonna we're gonna take this thing on the road do some recordings record full shows and so we'll have one mark one one mic at the Monarch. One mic mark at the Monarch. <laughs> one mic at the Monarch. That yeah. rolls off the tongue like Jackie's. Hey, man. Jackie's. Awesome. And one mic at the Monarch. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I've felt such good uh, momentum and energy around Louisville music the past few months. So that was man, a I'm great telling addition. you. Yeah. It's I'm a nice community. You. The music community. We've talked about a lot on this show. Support. You know, if you go out and see uh, a local musician performing... It's rare not to see several other exactly. local musicians there yeah. watching the show and just enjoying themselves. Yeah. And a lot of, you know, uh, it's almost you go to one, watch one, you go to the other. The person that was singing, the last one's there watching the people you're watching. You go to the next one, they're all there watching the person that they, you know, it's just this big... Recurring cast of characters. It is. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. it's, it's recurring, but it's also recurring with like different people too. Yeah. So there's there's all kinds of folks that are that are a part of and it's been dude killer and continuing to meet more so jack our uh, listeners that want to follow you more closely where can they where can they find you on the socials where yeah. can they you know see you play um, all those things yeah i would say I'm, I'm most active on uh instagram just my name jack keys k-e-y-e-s and then um spotify same thing jack k-e-y-e-s i guess by the time this podcast will come out there'll be two albums on there and um yeah which is really exciting and uh yeah, I play, uh, I've played at like Kaiju Flamingo Lounge. I think coming up, I don't know after when this podcast will be out. I don't think I'll have anything on the radar, but uh, yeah, I, I play around town all the time. So, all right. Yeah. Follow up, follow up on uh, the instas. You post all your dates on that? I do for sure. Right, there yeah. you go. Yeah. For sure. Well, man, we appreciate you talking with us. Yeah. We're going to go out with, uh, with another new one, Nowhere. Tell yeah. us about that. Um, well, first of all, thank you all so much for having me again. It's been, it's <sighs> been so you. nice to be here. Um, this is like what when I was playing Madden in my room, like I said, I was like, <laughs> huh, how would I answer these questions? And so to be here is really cool. Uh, oh, but nowhere, nowhere I wrote um, kind of improvisationally. I kind of was playing, and my this friend that I keep talking about in Nashville, I was playing some chords at his house. And he's like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. And um, that evening I did a walk in a park in Nashville called Shelby Park, which is a really beautiful, kind of like Cherokee Park. And I just started kind of hearing a melody and writing lyrics and... So I think the lyrics have kind of an ode to nature. Um, I think a lot of my theme is about finding your sense of place. And so I think that's kind of, it, it builds up a lot at the end. There's an organ in there. There's a lot of different, you know, instruments going on. So it was a fun one to put out um, first in this album. Awesome. Yeah.
how did you uh how did you settle on a classical guitar? Did you always play that or um, well, I had that guitar that my my godfather sent me was um an acoustic, but I think just because I loved um finger picking, I really loved Bossa Nova. I loved Antonio Carlos Jobim um in high school and um Andre Segovia and people I thought the classical guitar sounded really cool. And mm-hmm. so um I ended up getting one in college and that's been my kind of go-to guitar now. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. All right, man. We're going to stick around and do some one shots now. Awesome. (laughs) Thanks again, Jack. Thanks, Jack. For every ghost I keep. Yeah.